to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. We have an ugly episode it's for you guys. It's going to be ugly, it's man. It's going to be ugly. Not even your mom <laughs> would think this is a good looking episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, you know, it's a good thing this isn't a video show. Because your eyes would be burning. Eyes on fire, eyes watering. Yeah, so we are going to go through a list I've compiled, Chris, of the ugliest cars of all time, according to me. What made you think of doing this? So I've I've wanted to do this for a while. I thought this would be a fun episode. But as I went through this, I realized we have a glaring problem. Oh, no. This is a decidedly visual subject matter. Okay. So while I tell you all about these cars, I'm going to let you basically do the visual storytelling to, oh, paint, Jesus. to paint a picture of what we're talking about. I will, I will about. also tell you that people have the internet. They do. And they can just look also. That's not oh. as fun as having you try to paint this picture with words. Okay. Well, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> yeah. No, rest assured, though, actually, most of these cars, you do know all too well already. All right. All right. So first, what are our criteria here? Yeah, I was going to ask, like, does so, it have to be like a production car? I'm, I'm talking production cars only. There are so some, it's not like something my kid drew that just looks no, ugly. No, and there are some ridiculously hideous concept cars that have shown up over the years. But for the sake of this episode, let's stick to production cars that most of us know and unfortunately would recognize. In that same vein, I strayed away from either like kit cars or low production models. And believe me, there are some downright weird looking ones. See, the thing is, is I think there. of something like a Nissan Murano. Cabriolet as one of the ugliest cars ever made. Not on the list. But you, yeah, because you like it. I do. Which makes me wonder. I don't know what's on this list, so I'm kind of it's, wondering. It's worse than that. How about that? Oh, Jesus. Okay. Well, you like that thing, so I'm just, my point is, I'm wondering about your judgment. Right. Okay. Of, well, this will be very you have interesting. notoriously bad taste. Well, <laughs> so is my bad, what I think ugly, my worst, worst taste? Or is somehow this going to be a double negative and you're going to be like, no, I like that car? I doubt it, but I feel like there's things that should be on this list but aren't because you probably like them. Yes. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 100%. I went through like other lists on the internet. I was like, I like that car. I'm not adding that one. Yeah. See, that's the problem. So I'm going to start out with the obvious. When you ask most anyone here in the U.S. what well, one of the ugliest cars ever produced was, they would undoubtedly answer the Pontiac Aztec. I don't think it's that ugly. Really? I really don't. I think it's... I think it was so different at the time that it shocked people. Yes. And that that sentiment kind of stuck with it. And then yeah. they weren't that reliable. And well, it's a very... So I dug up the whole story on this thing, why it was produced, what it was yep. supposed to be. And it is it is really sad what it turned out being when you know what it was supposed to be. What was it supposed to okay, be? Okay, so let me tell you from the beginning here that Pontiac introduced the production Aztec at the 2000 Detroit Auto Show. And according to designer Tom Peters, the idea bubbled up from GM's West Coast Advanced Concept Center. The notion was to mix the attributes of a Camaro and a Blazer into a <laughs> okay. wide, low, powerful, off-roadish thing they referred to as the Bear Claw. That sounds like a... Pr- that I mean, sounds awesome! I like the fact that it's wide, low, and powerful. It's. I'm picturing like some sort of trophy truck with a Camaro body on it. Yeah. Like, that sounds amazing. Yeah, like a hatchback Camaro or yeah, something. Yeah, I don't know. It could be cool. Yeah. I mean, However, that, it sounds like a great concept. It of, does. Uh, the accounting department... And ahead of its time. Yes, that ahead definitely time, would have been ahead of its time. if you look at cars that are out today for crossovers and sport crossovers... They're and stuff kind like that. of aiming at that. Yeah, the kind of that concept. I mean, 
it it sucks that what GM had to go with was Camaro and Blazer. Like that's <laughs> that's the things on their model line that they had to combine with yes. those two. You know, that's it's not I like they're like think... let's co- let's combine the 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 nine eleven with a Cayenne. Yeah. Which sounds a little more inspiring than Camaro. And it does. Um, unfortunately, the accounting department decided it would make more sense for the vehicle to utilize the same chassis used for the company's minivan. Well, there you go. The bean counters yes. ruined. How many times do the bean counters ruin things in this episode? All the time. <laughs> okay. Yes. So in theory, the bear claw concept should have been cool. I, I liked to picture it what would have been like a lifted safari style Camaro with, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. big trophy truck suspension. Yeah, yeah. Why not? That is rad. That would be so cool. It was meant to meld off-road capability of an SUV and the performance of a sports car. Instead, the production Aztec was hamstrung by its minivan chassis with a wheezing 3.4-liter V6 powertrain powering the front wheels with an optional all-wheel drive system, but was still based and biased towards front-wheel drive. drive. Exactly. Bob Lutz, who took over in the aftermath of the Aztec, claimed that the design was presented to focus groups who responded, quote, they wouldn't take the thing as a gift. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> However, GM was bound and determined to shed its reputation as building stodgy old designs. So its supposed solution was to bring to market a hip new youthful design, apparently regardless of what people actually thought about this damn thing. And when the Aztec hit showrooms, the public reaction was so poor that GM had to restyle the thing after only five months. That's an unheard of inaugural mid-year refresh. It is It is quite ugly. I mean, I don't think it's quite as bad as everybody makes it out to be. Maybe that's just like hindsight. Yes. Maybe at the time when it was compared to everything it, else, it was hideous. Yes. But it, it had like some really cool features. Like what? Like it was made for like outdoor. It had like extra storage. And so the one feature that they claim was like the coolest thing that never got used anywhere else was the center console was a lift out cooler. That's awesome. Kind of. But I mean, kind then, of. I could think of other things that right would, that would have been cooler. Yeah. Than yeah. the cooler. It's, yeah. Ah. So yeah, the first. I guess five month version of this car, the first gen, which only lasted for five months, is the one you think of with like the gray plastic cladding on the yeah. bottom. Yep. After five months, the now body colored side molding didn't do anything to detract from just how ugly the damn thing was in the first plas- 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 place. 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 Okay. Plaster place. Yeah. Plaster. Yes. Uh, Pontiac finally stopped production in 2005. The Aztec has amazingly kind of found. A resurgence lately. I don't find that amazing. I find that it's predict- like I find that predictable. It's an ironic collectability, right? Yeah. So it's, people it's like the it people because that are counterculture. Exactly. They, they feel like they can. It, people will take something that's terrible and make it their identity because it makes them feel so much different than everybody else. Yeah, and don't forget, it was kind of thanks in part to its breakout role in Breaking Bad. Yes. Like yeah. that was Walter White's car and yep. it was like just meant to be malaise and terrible and it's ugly. A great, it's a great casting of a car for Walter it White. It really it is. Was. Yeah. So guys are buying these things up just because they're so damn ugly. Have you looked to see how much they cost? I have not. I'm sure you can. I'm sure it's not like bring a trailer market where they're like going super crazy high. We should find a low mileage one and put it on bring a trailer <laughs> and just see what happens. Has there ever been one on bring a trailer? I don't know. I I'll doubt look. it, but I'll I kind of want to now. 
I'll look. I bet that would be a thing. All right. In the meantime, let's take a minute to talk about our sponsor, Petrolbox. Petrolbox is a monthly service made specifically for the automotive enthusiast. Each month, they carefully select items, including tools, detailing supplies, apparel, garage gear, stickers, and publications to be sent right to your doorstep. It's a curated selection of the latest and greatest gear in the industry, and there are actually two different levels of subscription to choose from. The Petrobox Basic costs less than 20 bucks a month, while the Petrobox Premium gets you even more gear for $39.95 a month. Check them out at mypetrolbox.com and be sure to use the code OVERCREST at checkout to get $6 off your first month. All right, so there's none on Bring a Trailer. They don't even have a category for it. But there is one that's sold on uh, cars and bids. Okay. What do you think it's sold for? It's, uh, it's a yellow one. Okay. Which would be perfect for you and Nikki. It's yep. yellow. Um, let me look at the look at the ad here. It's got ninety two thousand miles on okay, it. Okay, so not really low miles. Not, no, not super low miles. I'm gonna say it went for four grand. Ten. Yeah, that's pretty good. Ten grand for a ninety thousand mile Aztec. Wow. I mean, it looks like it's in great shape, but like, <laughs> but why? Probably because the person that owned it didn't want to be seen in it, so they never drove it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, there's 295 pictures of this thing. Are you serious? Holy cow. Why? Oh, the f- seat fabric is terrible. It looks like a bunch of uh, just is random it like shapes. 90s cool terrible? Nope. No? No. Okay. I mean, the, do you know the buttons from, like, GM where they're, like, the gray buttons with yeah. the white lettering? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all of that. Oh, I'm sure it it's, is. It's horrible. It's basically a minivan that they made boxy, Yeah, is. which is terrible. Well, of course. It's, it's awful. So. All right. So, next up on hey, our the, list. There's the cooler. Is it? So, I didn't see the cooler. It looks stupid. Okay. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, next up on our list is not a single car, but an unfortunate design trend that was set off in the early 2000s. You see, the boomers were the main car buying demographic, and so we saw a slew of retro-inspired designs. The Plymouth Prowler. Uh, I... I didn't put that one on because I don't hate it that much. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's what's wrong with this list. That is a terrible car. I should have included it here, but it is so freaking ugly. It's got a terrible V6, automatic only, and the big the bumpers. The like big the bumpers because they wanted to make it fenderless, but then they had to have a bumper in front of the wheels for crash standards. Yeah, that one was pretty bad. It's hideous. But that led... To the PT Cruiser. Exactly. Which, which is, was released in 2000 by Chrysler. You can see the design inspiration. You definitely can. So so, you, so what you did yes. is you took a car that is ugly, uh-huh. didn't put it on the list. Right. But the evolution of that car yes. is on the list. Yes. Okay. Yes. Just to clarify yep. what, you, what you've done. Yes. Right. Okay. So the Chrysler, they, they found that at the turn of the century, there was a market for, quote, many minivans, but it couldn't look like a minivan, and it had to be practical and functional. Boomers rejected the station wagons they grew up in, and that helped make the minivan successful. And similarly- Talk about cutting next, off your nose to know, your face. The next generation rejected minivans, right? We're not driving minivans because our parents did, yeah. and they didn't want station wagons because their parents did. Right. So designer Brian Nesbitt, who's only 
in his 20s at this time, developed the design of the PT Cruiser. And as ugly as it may be, just listen to the absurdity of these special editions that were offered. The Route 66 edition, which, of course. which came with a sport suspension, speed control, and anti-lock brakes. What's speed control? I don't know if that's that just, just cruise? cruise control. There was Whoa. an option. I think yeah, it was. Big, yeah. big money spenders. We had the Pacific Coast Highway edition. That all came with kind of the same features but a different badge the sunset boulevard edition wow these are boomer things for sure 2009 dream dream cruiser series five what did that have i don't know come on <laughs> man this is your job the, the dream cruiser to have like special seats or the, something google pt cruiser dream cruiser series five okay how will Meanwhile, we had the Couture edition. Ooh, yes, fashion couture. And, of course, the Flame Package edition, which actually had flames on the hoods and fenders like it was going to be some 50s hot rod. So there was like 14 different editions of yes. this thing. Oh, it's it was terrible. Ridiculous. It says, uh, car and driver says, this is their old review of the thing. True to form, Chrysler serves up the 2009 PT Cruiser Dream Series 5 with sassy Black over, <laughs> black over pearl, white two-tone paint, billet aluminum crosshatch grill work, oh, lots God. of chrome bits, and painted white 17-inch SRT design wheels. Minor interior touches are part of the package as well, of course, but other than the cool seats, few are worth mentioning. I don't think that was worth mentioning at all. No. Well, it's sassy, at least. It is sassy. And, of course, my favorite edition was the Woody package, which oh, undoubtedly seen you've seen. Yeah. The terrible so, vinyl graphics. How many of these did they sell? And as much as I dislike its design, it's hard to argue that it was a success for Chrysler as they sold 1.3 million units, over oh. 1.3 million of them. Disgusting. And that's why you saw them everywhere. One of the most interesting facts about the car is that it isn't a car at all. You see, by working through some technical loopholes, Chrysler was able to get the Cruiser classified as a truck How? by the EPA. This way, they were able to use it to offset the Ram truck's mile per ga gallon rating to meet the cafe mandates. This is how stupid regulation it is. is. It's so the so PT dumb. Cruiser is a truck. Sure. Yes. By what standard? By, wh by I, what? I don't know. I don't know. It's really dumb. Because you can have, like, maybe you can attach a certain hitch size yes, to it or I'm something. Yes, I'm sure it's, like, Cause hitch, it, cargo. It isn't power, because it only has 150 no. or horsepower Yeah, or definitely not. Actually, they did make the turbo version. The SRT, yeah. Well, they didn't the call it SRT. They just called the PT Cruiser Turbo, but it had the same engine as the SRT4. Ah, the, the, with so a muffler, where the SRT Ford like basically didn't have any muffler at all. Those things sound so awful. Until they're on boost, and then they kind of sound good. Would yeah. you quit selecting everything? So, oh, sorry. Quit clicking into my document. What the so hell are you sorry. doing? I'm sorry. I'm just being you, I guess. Yeah. All right. So not one to miss the retro-fueled boomer sales. Chevy got in the game with the HHR. Do you remember this thing? I do. Not great. No. So the HHR, which stands for Heritage High Roof. Wow. I never knew what that stood for. And boy, is that stupid. Yes, it is. <laughs> Looks like a blatant ripoff of the PT Cruiser. Which it is. It is. And it should be. Because it was designed by the exact same designer, Brian Nesbitt, who was poached from Chrysler after he designed the PT Cruiser. Good grief. Although it was late to the retro party, the HHR sold marginally well and included few notable special editions. The HHR panel was, in my opinion, actually better looking sans the rear window, right? Better, better, but we're talking about something that's ugly. So it's, 
it's less ugly, not better looking. Right, it's less ugly. Yeah, yes. let's get the nomenclature yeah. correct. And uh, then came the HHR SS with the 260 horsepower EcoBoost engine made it to a manual transmission. Well, it's at least basically they got that going for them. what they used in the Cobalt SS. You'll remember that one. Um, and in case you are curious or looking for the ultimate unicorn, you could actually order an HHR panel with the SS drivetrain, which I think is kind of cool just because of its rarity. I'm glad you said I instead of we. Continue. Yeah. What? Yeah, that's me. Yeah, not me. I no, no way, no, no way. Okay. No, these things well. are so ugly. All right. Well, one honorable mention, or I suppose to be dishonorable mention in this case, is the Chevy SSR, which SSR stood for Super Sport Roadster. So, do you remember the SSR? So it wasn't like semis something roof. No, it wasn't. Okay. Yeah, the SSR was the answer to a question no one asked, which was, what if I need to show off my receding hairline with a convertible retro-looking truck with an unusable bed? <laughs> Did they have a bed? Could you... It was under a tonneau cover, which yeah. I don't think you could remove. <laughs> okay. So you have like a tiny rectangle of usable space. The S... Oh, and also when you had the roof down, it took up half of it. Oh, perfect. Yes, because yeah. it was a folding hardtop. They just said, well, we're, no one's ever going to use this anyway. I think so. it was like you could fit your golf clubs in the back. Yeah, pick up some water softener salt or yes, something. Yes, and yeah, there you're perfect. good to go. The SSR, you may remember, was the retro-styled convertible pickup truck-looking thing released by GM in 2003. The concept version of the vehicle promised to be a performance truck with unique styling. The reality was a Chevy Trailblazer with performance worse than its questionable styling and even worse utility. GM did. The performance doesn't necessarily matter. If it looks decent on paper, boomers will buy it. I know. GM did remedy this a bit for the 2005 model here, which I think was its last, which utilized the Corvette's V8 and six-speed manual, but it wasn't enough to save the weird truck and was discontinued the following year. So while the Neo retro design phase produced some ugly cars, let's not forget that there certainly were some downright homely cars from back in the day. The late 50s and 60s were a boom for American car design. The space-aged influence meant that everything had fins and lots of chrome. Ford wanted to launch a brand new uh, brand into the world, the smart car for the young executive or professional family on its way up. So this was supposed <laughs> to come in under Lincoln, but above Ford as far as like their their brands, right? Right. Well, that, you're already splitting things up too much. I know you are. You know, yes. It's... it's so this was the 1958 Ford Edsel. Named after company founder Henry Ford's son, the Edsel went down in history as one of the biggest flops of all time. Yeah, because it has a giant vagina for a front grill. <laughs> who wants that? All right, so people probably don't know this one. What does this thing look like? I just told you. That's it, all you need to it know? It looks like a 57 Chevy with a, with a vagina for a grill. Yes. That's exactly what it looks okay. like. That's, that's, okay, that's accurate enough. <laughs> so after spending over two... I'm imagining what people are in their head, what's in their like, head right wait now. Wait a minute. It, but it does. I mean, it looks like a, like a taxi cab convertible, basically, with what I said earlier. I don't need to repeat myself. <laughs> it is a very strange front end. So after spending over $250 million on research design and ramping up for production... Americans had moved on from this design craze. Yeah, the Edsel, late, late 50s, you're starting to like move away from this type from of... From the fins, exactly. Yeah. The Edsel styling was controversial right out of the gate. Most offensive was its narrow vertical grille and high-mounted quad headlights. The Edsel design team's goal was to make the front of the car visually distinctive oh, they did and that. easily discernible from the everyman's Chevy. But word distinctive doesn't really conjure up 
images of beauty. Hey, Chris, check out that girl over there. Isn't she distinctive? Yeah, she's got pink hair or something <laughs> like that. The Edsel was canned after just one year in 1959. So up till now, Chris, we've kind of been focusing on American cars, but... The rest of the world certainly had its fair share of absolutely hideous designs. Let's take a look at Soviet Czechoslovakia. So the communist government there dictated which state-owned companies would actually manufacture what vehicles. Yep. In communist Russia, you do that. (laughs) You do that. And in the case of Tatra, it was decided that they would only produce trucks. That's what Tatra is doing. Producing trucks. I wonder how many of these cars are in Ukraine right now. Because I've seen a lot of old Soviet vehicles with a big Z painted on the side. Yes. Transporting troops. Yeah, I can see that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Ridiculous. Yeah. What's interesting, any car that was deemed luxurious, they figured, should be developed in Mother Russia. Oh, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. You know, it can't come from one of the, like, satellite countries because that'd be terrible. Sure. So that didn't stop Tatra's designers from working in secret, though. They used funding from the officially sanctioned Voltula project, which was to be a new three-axle bus, to develop a new luxury car from the Tatra brand, the Tatra 603. Cool-looking car. It kind of is very cool. It's very cool. I it don't know why it's on this list. Because I just wanted to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's very uh, distinctive, but actually kind of cool. Yeah, this thing looks neat. What I'm curious it about... It kind of looks like if, I, if you show this to me and I didn't know it was like Soviet design, I would think it's a Saab. Yes, it looks, yeah. It's very it's quirky, right? Yeah. Um, what's interesting, though, so these designers in Czechoslovakia. Is this thing rear engine? Yeah, I'm going to get to it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at the picture. It's got, oh. there's no front grill. Right. It's and got the tri-headlights. And there's a and, cool scoop in the rear. Yep, and you can see on the rear fenders, there's a little air scoop. Yes. So it kind of lets you know that it's rear engine. Yes, it is. But think about this. These are designers in a communist state who decided to secretly work on this project. Like, I'm surprised they didn't get sent to the gulag. Oh, they probably did. Well, okay. Actually, the story went that then the Kremlin was like, oh, maybe we do want you to start producing some cars. And they're like, oh, okay, well, look what we we have all of a sudden. Yeah, wow, you guys. We haven't been working on this all the time. You guys are really efficient with your time. You came up with that idea really fast. Yeah, so while this car makes the list of ugliest cars, as you said, I do kind of like this thing. The car, first produced in 1956, featured a streamlined body that looked something like a used soap bar. It had three... That's the Supra. That's the... The Supra is the soap bar? Yeah. The, the Supra Mark is IV Supra? Uglier than this thing. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Shapeless, yeah, melting, yeah, it is. boring, uh, safe. This thing had three inboard headlights, the center of which was connected to the steering. It was a spacious car with four doors and a luxurious interior. The coolest part of this thing, though, is the drivetrain. It features a rear-mounted, air-cooled 2.5-liter V8 hmm. that weighed just 400 pounds, allowing for a, 50, a 4753 weight distribution. I don't think I've ever heard of an air-cooled V8 before. No, it's definitely Soviet. They used it in some like military trucks and stuff, too. Sure. That same powertrain. Uh, it's a crazy car, and I think it is actually kind of... Not ugly, but it's not ugly, but great. We got to talk about it. (laughs) So not ugliest cars, just cars. Jake wanted to talk about. Perfect. All right. I see see the next car on the list is the same, but go ahead. Yeah, it is. It is actually. All right. Well, let's take a minute right now then to talk about Obert car care. Have you ever been wanted to polish or detail your vehicle? Have you ever had an ugly car? Right. And you wanted to make it shiny. So it wasn't so ugly. Right. We have got the product for you. (laughs) Well, sometimes, you know, I'm really scared to get out the DA with any product because I'm knowing myself, I'm just going to burn right through the paint. Yeah. 
100%. Well, Oberg was researched research developed and tested by car care experts to kind of bridge the gap between enthusiasts like myself and yourself and professional grade products and detailers to remove the guesswork from polishing or detailing your vehicle. These guys are passionate with a long history of developing products and they know firsthand what makes a good product. Right now, they're offering a whopping 20% off your next order at oberkcarcare.com when you use the code OVERCREST. 20% is pretty good. That is a... That's exceptional. Fifth. That's a fifth, Chris. That's exceptional. That is exceptional. So check them out at obertcarcare.com, coupon code OVERCREST. All right, so next up, we need to mention the Citroen 2CV. Jake. What? This list sucks. This thing is ugly. <sighs> it's ugly. Okay. This is undoubtedly ugly. Yeah, but I have trouble looking past of, like... What it was designed for, and the and the history of it, and the heritage of it, and why it existed, and what it's capable of, and what it meant for the French, like all those yeah. things, make we, me we, not care that how it looks. So you you might remember we did a whole episode on the history of this bizarre French people's car, and that's yeah. what it was. It was supposed to be kind of like their Volkswagen Beetle, so and it want, was. Yeah, it, it, it was. actually did very well, and had the the wheelbase is different on each side of the car. Do you remember? Yeah, because the suspension has torsion bars that run across. Yep. So it's 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 interesting, but I think it is just objectively ugly. I would drive one. I would daily drive this car if yeah, it would go yeah. faster than thirty miles per hour. Which yeah, it probably won't work. But remember, you can have a basket of eggs and go cross a plowed field. Yeah, that's and all that fine. matters. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah, all I'll say here is that it was many things, but I don't think it was pretty at all. Pretty? No. Ugly? I. Th- so it was designed to be cheap and easy to make, which kind of it led is. to it's, its all stamped it's steel, like design. all the panels and everything. Yeah, here's my thing though: the windows are just strange. There's no way those were easier to make with kind of their out of place shapes in the rear quarter panel. Jake, what? They're French. It doesn't, <laughs> have, it doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. Okay. Yeah, okay? It doesn't have to make okay. sense. Okay. Okay. Well, the list really hasn't been a countdown up until this point, but I have saved the worst for the last. So it's going to be a two-way tie here. First, we have the Fiat Multipla. And I just just take this thing in in all its glory. It looks like an insect. Yeah. Or like a lizard with its eyes on the side of its head. It's very strange. It Thank is. goodness we never got these things in the States here. I really don't understand the design at all. It's a high-roofed hatchback, almost like a minivan, the, but the front end is completely disjoint. It looks like a first-gen Dodge Neon in the front, right? Yeah, but if but if you took like the Liquify tool in Photoshop and made everything a little bit smaller, like the lights <laughs> and stuff, yeah. you know what I yeah, mean? I it's do. just like yeah, you just that, shrink everything work. down a little bit, it, yeah. which makes it look decidedly worse. Yeah, this thing, if you don't know what we're talking about, it was actually featured in the old Top Gear where they made one into like the geriatric mobile. Do you remember that? Where they're I carting don't. around the old ladies? I don't remember And they that were one. like, we got to paint it tan so it's not offensive. So they yes. just took like, spray paint and painted everything tan. Perfect. They took out all the seats and put in like old lazy boys that have like the weird felt yep. upholstery. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's what this thing is. Um, the multiplayer was a consequence. The problem is, is that it looks like a... Somebody took the design from two different things that were scaled differently. Yes, I know. Like in the software, one was 1.5 times the original size, yep. like, and like they the just cabin. Cut and then they it. just glued it to the top of Correct. the smaller vehicle. That it is just, 100% what does, they did. Are you serious? No. Oh. <laughs> but that's what, it, I mean, it's, it, it just looks scaled incorrectly. It's visually unbalanced. 
Yeah, it was a consequence of various design parameters set forth by Fiat management. So they said they needed a vehicle that could hold six people and their luggage while being built on a small car platform. So that's why the front end looks like a small car. And they basically just said, well, let's extend the roof really tall. Yeah, they just took the scale and slider they, and went, they just like dragged it up and there you go. There's yeah. the, here's your car. The Multipla is affectionately called the coffee pot with its distinctive separation of the bottom and top halves. It is wide at the bottom, narrows at the belt line, then widens again at the top. So if you look at one of these things from the rear, the glass for the side windows actually tapers outward. Yeah, I can see that. It's very strange. Yeah. Um, even more strange is the headlights and the lighting on this thing. The low beams are in the traditional spot on either side of the front grille, but there are additional lights at the leading corners of the windshield there. These are actually the high beams. Why? I don't know. So imagine this thing coming at you. You think it it's has, floating. It's yeah, like a hovercraft exactly. or something. Exactly. There's lights down low, and then all of a sudden the high beams go on, but they're like way up here. It, it makes no sense. The problem is when you do stuff like this, and Nissan is renowned for doing weird things with headlights if you look at the what's it, the juke also ter- yes. terrible headlight design that I like. human be- <laughs> come on man that's not so, the juke is one of the ugliest cars ever made didn't make the list no way uglier than a citron way way same with the Mur- murano cabriolet way way uglier same with the new like uh tiguan convertible or whatever that's coming out oh yeah super ugly Uh, don't forget the range rover evoke convertible too yeah see that one looks good come on man no it does you're like destroying the credibility of this podcast right now (laughs) well this was my list i put together clearly you you hadn't seen it until we turned on the microphone (laughs) one thing that you do when you mess with the headlights of a car is people are there's cars, a, cars have faces. Well, there's a term in uh, like human psychology where you create faces of you things. Try you try to yeah recognize faces and everything. Yep. And it comes from they say like it's a trait of evolution because if you were able to pick faces out of the woods and stuff, you'd know like oh there's a dangerous animal or something. Right. So yeah, your brain is programmed to always look for faces and things. So the FBI should own these because nobody would think they're dangerous because they can just do it. Because like, <laughs> it's cause not there's a face. No face there is all. no face there's on no this face. one. It's very strange. Or it's like you have, maybe, you know how you put glasses up on your forehead, like put them out of the way? Yeah. That's what this is. Or if you take somebody's face and flip it upside down and like look <laughs> at it, it's, it's, you ever see those optical illusions where you're not sure if you're seeing a vase or a face? Yeah. It's like that. It's horrible. It messes yeah, well, with in this case, mind. a teapot, apparently, because yes. that's what they called them. Uh, okay, so that brings us to the last car on my list. I'm not even calling it our list anymore. This no, is my is, list. Please take me off <laughs> this list. And so I think this thing is tied for the worst place. It is the Nissan S Cargo. This thing is so damn escargot ugly. is like is kind of cute. Yes. Oh, that's snail. If you have escargot, that you're eating snails. Right, and here's why. The S-Cargo is a small retro-styled van manufactured from 89 to 91. You know what sold. sound this thing makes when it beeps the horn? What? Meep, meep. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah it was very... sold exclusively in Japan, thank goodness. Uh, the name is a double entendre standing for small cargo, S-Cargo, and sounds like S-Cargo, yeah. which is the French word for snail, which was in turn the nickname for the Citroen 2CV. Which is obviously what this thing is styled after. Exactly. Yes, the styling of the S-Cargo was supposedly inspired by a previous car on the list, the Citroen 2CV. The front end features 
really odd headlight bezels rising out of an otherwise rounded hood, while the A-pillars arc up to the roof line in a perfect circle, or is sharply cut off down in a vertical line for the rear cargo door. The only bad design, there's two bad design elements when I look at this thing. It better be the one I'm thinking of. One, yes. the porthole yes. <laughs> rear window. Yes. Number two, the front fender flares are much bigger than the rears, and it yes. looks strange. Why didn't they put fender Other flares than on those the rear? Two things, I love this thing. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. absolutely think it's adorable. It's, I think it's cute as hell. It's it is one hundred percent meat meat. It is, it is it's a meat fantastic. Meat. It, it is one hundred percent a meat meat. It does not belong on this list. Okay, it is not <laughs> ugly. It is adorable. The interior was as Spartan as any tiny cargo van could be, notably only by a Citroen esque single spoke steering wheel. And even more odd for a delivery van was the optional power retractable canvas roof. So you can see it in this photo I included. That yeah. whole thing. It's got a bright tax rag top. Yes, and you hit a button and the whole thing kind of slides back. Why do you need that in a delivery van? Are they delivering like trees or something? And they're I like, oh, we got to stick it out the top. Just good for morale. You know, just roll the top back and be happy. You ever see the guys in the, in the UPS trucks driving around with the door open? Yeah. Kind of similar concept, right? I mean, it's just <laughs> kind of chilling. He's got his legs sticking outside for so all the wind blows yeah. all over his nuts. It's perfect. Okay, so that's what this is. Yeah, it's good for morale. It doesn't really cost that much. No, I guess not. All right, so that was my list, and it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I mean, this, this list, as a list of the ugliest cars of all time, is completely worthless. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, so do you agree with any of them? Um. Just the PT Cruiser, HHR, SSR stuff. Those are, are pretty bad. The Edsel is gross. It is gross. But I mean, So what cars are more ugly than those? The Murano Convertible is my one of my least favorite cars of all time. But, but here's the thing. If you look at it objectively, the proportions aren't wrong. Yes, they are. How are they wrong? Because they're so bottom heavy and fat. There's no top to it. It's just... That's the whole point. Know, it's a convertible, Chris. I know, but it's not designed as a convertible. It's not designed in tandem with designers to be a convertible. It's just something that the designer's daughter wanted or wife wanted, wife, so they yes. made it. No, if you look at it with the top up, it looks fine. Have you ever seen one with the top up? Yes, I've seen these in person. <laughs> I, was, I was walking down uh, First Avenue. Okay. In Minneapolis. Yeah. And there was this this dude, this kind of like a uh, kind of urban looking guy, you know, big pants hanging down. He's got his little jacket with like all the patches sewn all over it. So it's like M&Ms and all this. See, that thing. doesn't fit the vibe of the vehicle. Well, neither did the 30 inch chrome wheels. Oh, <laughs> and the and the neon. However, <laughs> I talked to this guy for a little bit. Okay. Just because like, I don't, I'm not, not, I don't, I think it's ugly. But I love the fact that that guy loves it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I, do, I yeah. like So I was like, dude, the Murano Convertible, these things are so rare. And yes. And he's like, yeah, I love this thing. I'm like, cool, tell me about it. And he's like, yeah, I, I, you know, I saw one and I just had to have one. I went down. It took me forever to find it. I flew up yeah. to Tennessee to drive it back. And the guy obviously loves the shit about it. And I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. Like if somebody was like a an Edsel aficionado, right. I would be like, tell me about why you like this car. You know, I love that there's, you know, passion for uh, like the, the the Aztec, right? Whatever. If you love that thing, you're a <laughs> dork. But like that's still cool that you're into it. You know, right. if you're if you're into a segment of something I like, it's cool, you know? Yeah, but you don't like that. 
I don't oh, like that cars I, in general. Yeah, like cars in general. It's not like pornography where there's different se- <laughs> where there's you like your thing and there's different segments. We're like, nope, sorry, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> I'm not into that. I no, just that's can't. The, that's the next podcast. Oh, this, this is, isn't that podcast, the, Chris. Is all, <laughs> the next episode is the top five sexual deviancies. How about no? How about we leave that to a different podcast? Yeah. Although that might be really interesting to, to have us talk about. I think it might be. Yeah, that's not going to we'll be. We'll do it for Patreon. No, no I don't no, think so. I don't all, think so. There, there's things that I could discover about you that I, <laughs> that I don't want to know. That I don't want to know. Oh, that could be a very interesting off-air conversation. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> not even off-air. Not interested. I don't want to Not at that about. level. <laughs> all right. I don't know what we've got going on next week. I guess I better find somebody to talk with us. I've had some interesting DMs with people of some folks that want to come on and have, have thought about coming on and I'm thinking about having them. And on. we love, we love getting that. So, you know, reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, et cetera. If there's someone that you know, or think we should talk to, that's very interesting. I think that, reach that out. sounds great. And if you, uh, if you like this ugly episode about ugly cars, that apparently uh, isn't even that ugly. Yeah. Feel free to leave us a five-star review on <laughs> iTunes. We would love that. Five stars. And then you can tell me how wrong I am. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be ironic. Just like the people that like the Aztec. Yeah, but it's just so ugly. It's the Murano isn't that bad, Chris. I'm you looking at judging, photos of it. You are judging the Aztec, yes, on its uh, on its reception, not on how it actually looks. No, 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 no. I'm judging it how it appears. You are. Period. I don't. It just looks. The proportions are so wrong. It just looks like it's, a minivan. There's no to me. coherence to it. It just looks like a minivan. A very ugly minivan. All minivans are It is are a ugly, minivan, but it's just a very ugly minivan. To me, a Dodge Caravan is just as ugly as an Aztec. Mm. They just, they don't do it for me. They just don't. I mean, it lacks personality, a minivan, but at least it's cohesive. You know what I kind of still want? And there was one on Craigslist. Uh, maybe I even showed it to you. This is a couple years ago when you still use Craigslist before you got stuck with Facebook Marketplace, which is awful. Do you know what happened? I can't even explain. It's because you can't list a car on Craigslist anymore without, without paying, paying the five dollars. And so everyone that has a little shitbox that we might be interested in just goes over to Facebook, and it's terrible. Yeah, the reason they did that is because there were so many scams oh. on Craigslist. And now all the scams are just on Facebook. <laughs> yep, it's where it's like, hey, check out this 1991 Ford Bronco with eight miles on it for six dollars. Nice. Yeah, scam. Now they're starting to understand, I think, okay. that they make it like if the car's worth 15, they put, yes. it, they put it up for 9500 bucks. We're like, whoa, it's a really good deal. And, and all they want, do you know how that scam works? Because no. obviously they don't have the car. I've no, always thought about this. Like, what are they trying to do? They're trying to get you because I almost did it. Remember, I like very early on, I was I traveling do. to Hawaii and there was a 930 listed. Yes. And I, I was like, this is perfect. Like, of course, it's going to be cheaper on the island because there's not a market for it. Right. And so I messaged this guy. Yeah, I remember like, talking to be like, how much is it going to cost to ship it? Right. Blah, blah. Yeah. And so I remember like it was it was cheaper than it should have been. It would have been a steal, but it was still believable. Yeah. But it's still like 50 grand. Or yeah. 40 so it was grand something, or something like that. And so it's like, well, what is the end game here? Because we really we figured out the car doesn't exist. The end game is he was like, all right, well, you know, I got a lot of people interested. If you want to wire me two grand to hold it and then come out here. Yeah. He's just trying to get deposits from people. Yeah. Again, yeah. he can say that to a hundred different people and maybe a few will send him two grand. It's yeah. It's frustrating. What a bunch of scumbags. Right. Get a life, man. If people tried as well, no, that's a pretty good scam. I guess you make a bunch of money doing stuff like that, <laughs> but it's not worth the time in jail for getting busted for it. I don't know. What, the, what is that? 
the financial forensics of being able to figure out where that money goes is too good. Now, if they were saying, hey, can you pay me in Monero, which is like an untraceable crypto. That <laughs> Isn't might all be, crypto supposed to be untraceable? Uh, depend. No, not necessarily. It's de- decentralized and untraceable are two separate things. Oh, I suppose. Decentralized by, just... Well, by nature on the blockchain, you know where it's going. Right. But you don't necessarily know whose Who address. It is. Yeah. Like when you look at the address, you can't look at what that is, but you can... You can kind of cross-reference amounts and amounts if you do a transfer to your bank account using oh. like ACH. You can say, okay, well, that amount matches this. Right. And there's different things you can do. But that's kind of a misnomer that crypto is considered completely anonymous. Right. It can be yeah. if you do it correctly. But generally, it's that's not what it's for. It's not meant to circumvent the monetary system in that's that way. That's the rapid gets because that's what initially it was used for a lot was like on... What is it? Uh, Silk Road, like the the black market. You don't know what else is used for that exclusively? What? What? Cash. (laughs) Talk about something that's untraceable. (laughs) True. (laughs) Right? I mean, it's cash. Yes, it is. Unless they put like a mark on it or they know the serial numbers. Right. Or they make a paint bomb explode in the bag. Small, unsequential bills, Chris. That's That's what we want. Way more more untraceable. Anyway, what I was going to say is one of the things I was looking at is a... And maybe it is the irony of it. I don't know. But I was looking at a maroon, like, 1991 Dodge Caravan, maroon on maroon. You told me this a year ago. You I were know. looking for one of these. I Well, I wanted That's the... so dumb. I wanted the turbo one. The one you want is the VR6. You know they put a VR6 in a caravan? A VR6? Yes. A Volkswagen they, VR6. They licensed it from Volkswagen for about three years to put in a, a what Dodge years? Caravan. Like, mid-90s? 89? Wow. Yeah, Real you didn't early. know this. I yeah. did not. You can get a Dodge VR6. It's just a Volkswagen. I want the turbocharged four-cylinder. Can you imagine piping out a VR6 minivan? <laughs> It'd be like a one-wheel wonder. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it would be cool to put like a big turbo on it and have like this. Have zero response whatsoever. No, no actual turbo. power. No, well, it would have actual power, but only for like a moment. <laughs> but that's like what a 500 nine, RPM right at the top. Says the guy that was looking at a 930 in Hawaii. Oh, that'd be great having power for one moment but it's okay That's, if it's a porsche yes not okay if it's a dodge caravan correct see we're so different <laughs> we are so different in what we like all these cars on this list a lot of them they, they don't even belong here <laughs> well on that bombshell <laughs> yeah all right guys we will see you next week i'm not sure what's going on but i'm sure we'll figure out something fun uh we will talk to you then take care